Hi, it's Tracy, your host for the Sexy Aging Podcast, and I don't know why it's taken me 70 episodes to speak with Andrea Donsky. Andrea is a complete rock star, and we tackle some very similar life experiences, along with menopause, of course. Andrea is a pioneer and visionary in the health and wellness industry. She has combined her expertise as a nutritionist and an entrepreneur to educate the public on living a healthy lifestyle. Andrea inspires people to make healthier choices through her businesses, media appearances, podcasts, books, articles, videos, speaking engagements, and social platforms. She has more recently started a new company called Morphus that supports women in menopause. Before we kick off, if you haven't yet tried the Sexy Aging Fitness and Lifestyle app, you might want to check it out. There are new workouts every week, including strength training at home or the gym, a weekly optional HIIT workout, mobility, balance, agility, and core training, yoga for stress and stretch, and two new additions, Pilates for pelvic floor conditioning, aka how to stop peeing when you jump and run, and drum roll please, nutrition meal plans that are designed for each individual and the unique ways that you like to eat with options of dairy-free, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free and all with nutrients that support you through menopause. To be honest, this app is a full lifestyle library for your menopause years. Loads of testimonies in my Instagram, so don't take my word for it. There is a one-week free trial for the workouts in the app and the link is in the show notes. And I've partnered with a few brands that I highly recommend, and I'm passing on my discounts, so those are in the show notes too. Let's go. Woohoo! I've got Andrea Donsky on the Sexy Aging Podcast today. Now, this is a real cool thing for me I'm majorly fangirling so I found Andrea (laughs) I know I've got I'm actually going to get some eye rolling I think from listeners um I found Andrea on TikTok now before you have this preconceived or judgmental thought going through your head around TikTok isn't that a dance um dance app um yeah kind of I do a few dances on there too but actually it's a massive resource for education and when I popped in menopause as a keyword Uh, Andrea's content came straight up and I absolutely resonated with it because you make your content accessible to everyone. So Andrea is an entrepreneur, 20 years, nutritionist, healthy living expert, podcast host, let's get it girl, Um, author of Unjunk Your Junk Food, very cool, TV radio health expert, mum and a change maker. I mean, where do you go from there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for such a nice intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to have you here. I'd I'd just um, love you to share a little bit about what lights you up and how you got started into the whole sort of nutrition thing and where you're at today. And we're going to have a great conversation on life in general. (laughs) I love it. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Tracy. And I love hearing that my content came up on when you put in the hashtag menopause on TikTok, which is great. And it's so funny that you say that because originally I've only been on TikTok for about a year and a half now. And originally when my kids were on it, I have three children, 19, 17 and 11. And when my kids were on TikTok, they were like, you know, dancing and doing all of these kind of like fun things. And I I remember hearing for the longest time, I should go on TikTok. I should go on TikTok, like from marketing experts. And I kept thinking, well, I don't really, I'm not a really good dancer. Like, I mean, (laughs) I can do a lot of things really well. Dancing just isn't one of them. Although I love to dance. It's just, you know, I'm not going to put it on video. 
Yeah. And then I kind of was watching it really carefully. And then about in February of 2021, I said to my team, I'm like, you know what? Let's talk about menopause just because I've been studying menopause. I'm a menopause educator, a menopause researcher over the last five years. And I thought, well, let me talk about menopause on TikTok. Let's see where it goes. And, you know, I'm really grateful. It just completely blew up and which is so amazing because I, I'm really educating. I'm educating. I'm sharing information. I'm talking about my experiences and I'm validating and supporting people. And that's where I really, that's why I'm really um, super happy. And I love TikTok. Like it really is a fun, creative outlet for me in terms of educating people about perimenopause and menopause. Yeah, no, I agree. And I like you, I, I actually have just kind of started as well because I've been watching it for a long time. I got on it when um, in the pandemic, like so many people do, I jumped on my daughter's account and I am an ex-dancer. So I thought, hey, this is so cute. This is so fun. And I go into it with a very open mind of I'm going to have fun. Um, and so I had fun and she showed me what she was doing, which was cool. And then like you, I started thinking about um, this is actually a really cool forum to share what I'm learning and my perspective on this particular stage of life. And um, I just feel like the engagement is is awesome in a way, like it's actually awesome. really interesting. But I think the most interesting thing that I've learned out of it is you're never too old and it's never too late and you can always keep learning. So if you can sort of yeah. clear your mind of TikTok is not for me because I'm too old, I actually challenge that thought process now. So Yes, a hundred percent. It is real. Yeah. And you know what? Everything evolves. I mean, I'm a very big fan of Gary V and yeah. he talks a lot. I like, I just love Gary and Same. I know he talks primarily to, um, you know, a certain demographic, but I love listening to it because I'm like everything that he talks about, we can always apply to any demographic. And yeah, I'm in my fifties. I'm 52. I know Tracy, we're the same age. And I just thought, everything evolves like Gary said. And so TikTok's going to evolve too. And it really did. So now, and it's a fun place to be. So from an engagement standpoint, I totally agree. The energy is amazing. Our community is amazing there. And I just feel like right now, this is the place to be, especially for what we're talking about. Yeah. I think we're also being really authentic to our lives yeah. because we're going through an incredible transition that we didn't get a lot of content about or information. We, we couldn't tap into Facebook. I don't know, six or seven years ago, there was nothing there. I'm yeah. in the fitness industry, you're a nutritionist, and we weren't yeah. really hearing about that conversation as we're going into it, which is really interesting, isn't it? I knew nothing. I mean, I <laughs> it's like, it's like, to me, it's just, you know, now that I've been doing this for five years, and I remember when I was going through it, so I have a business partner, I've had one for the same female business partner for 22 years. We've had three companies where now we just launched our third one, which is Morphous, and which is all about menopause. And I remember when I was going through perimenopause, so I had my third child at 41. Yeah, 42. 42. 42. Yeah. Okay, so we both had children in our 40s, which by the way, we can talk about something like, we can kind of talk about that Let's in a talk second. About but, that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that because I love meeting other women who had babies later in life. And I remember thinking to myself, this is how like my thinking was, it was like, oh, if I'm having a baby in my 40s, I'm not going to go into menopause till probably my late 50s. Like, and in my mind, I was like, oh, because my hormones are, you know, are working or whatever I kind of justified it to myself with. And then I remember at 42, I started noticing changes. I wasn't sleeping well. I was getting headaches. I was exhausted by the end of the day. And then my period, like I, I, my periods were always a little bit wonky because I had PCOS. So I've yeah. always had, you know, issues with my cycle. But they were different. Like even when I would have my cycle, they were a little bit different. 
I was always in pain. I was so hungry all the time. Like there were all of these symptoms. And I remember, cause these, I do a lot of media. I do a lot of like, I've been doing podcasts. I have another podcast called health power for like many, many years. And I remember I speak to a lot of experts and I would say, Hey, do you notice like, your appetite is changing in your forties? Like I didn't even know how to make the correlation. And then as I started diving into the research, I'm like, Oh, right. Ghrelin is higher in perimenopause. Yes. That's why I'm hungry all the time. Mm. Or like, you know, inflammation increases as we get into perimenopause and menopause or whatever it was. And that's what started me down my journey of like, well, wait a minute. If I had no idea, and this is my job, this is what I do day in, day out, educating people, then maybe other people don't know either. And I was right. And that's why, like, I, I so agree with you, like having a platform where we can share what we're learning and help others through it. So they don't have to be kind of in like the dark as I was, or you were like, you're saying to me, it's like, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. I often talk about, um, from personal experience, Hey, I've just found this out. Like I might say something like that. Um, in a post or on a podcast interview, or I've got a question and I want to talk to someone about that. So I want to find out and I take everyone on that journey with me. Um, yeah. As in, yeah, I probably do have more knowledge than the average woman and definitely in the fitness space and how to apply, you know, movement and, and being in menopause and what you should and shouldn't be doing. Which is so important. <laughs> which is super important, but also just like, I don't know everything. So let me help you find out as well. And I really like yeah. that, you know, I'm asking from a place with lots of curiosity, the questions that probably other people have on their mind. And I think it's just, it's so, it feels so amazing to be growing in this way at this stage of life, to be yeah. so curious all the time and to be always looking for the answers and to not be afraid or second guess myself that someone is going to say, oh no, I don't want to talk to you. Because <laughs> Andrea, you're talking to me. There you go. You're so cute, Tracy. I mean, <laughs> the truth is, I kind of, I, I, my philosophy is, is that nobody has all the answers. And if anybody says, oh, I have all the answers. And I'm like, mm, it's a bit of a red flag for me because truthfully we all have, you know, we may have a very general knowledge base of things, but we're always learning. Once yeah. we start, like to me, I'm always learning. Once I stop learning, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to do something new. Right. Like, cause and do we ever really stop learning? I really don't believe we do. Right. So I think what you're doing is amazing and learning and then sharing what you learn, which is exactly what I do and what makes us tick and makes us really good at what we do, because then you know, then people know where to go. You're a great resource for people when it comes to, like you said, movement and exercise. I want to learn from you. I don't, that's not, that's an area outside of my expertise. Yeah. Hey, um, we have really gone hardcore into this conversation. And if you don't mind, I just have a few questions around your background and like, yeah, sure. how, how, how did you get into the nutrition thing? Is that something you've always been into um, since a young age or have you got a backstory? Because quite often people that go into something that becomes a career, it, there's there's a really compelling reason for that so open up the doors tell me everything <laughs> uh, sure actually no I started in my 20s so I so no I was not always into healthy living in fact I grew up eating fast food all so my mom was very much into healthy into healthy living she always you know when we had dinner she would always serve a salad we would always have healthy meals but then when I when I when I guess when I got into my teenage years I kind of veered away from it right and I was eating a lot of fast food and I was eating foods that were fried and just not healthy and a lot of junk food and so my story is probably very similar to many other people out there in the sense that it came from a place of need so when I was in my 20s what started to happen to me is that every time I would eat anything at the at that point, 
I would get gas and bloating and I just wouldn't feel good. And this, this lasted for years and years. I went to doctor after doctor to find out why am I not feeling good? Why is my stomach always gassy? Why am I getting cramps? Why do I have pains? And, you know, every time I would eat something, I would get a stomach ache, you know, whether it could have been dairy, it could have been gluten. Like I just had no idea that food affected our body in the way that it does. And then I remember this clear as day. I was engaged to my, who's now my husband, Mike, to, um, to Rich. And I was lying in bed one day and I remember looking at him and he's kind of pivotal in several of my stories. I was lying in bed one day and I looked at him and I had like this big belly. And I remember it's the end of the day. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I really have to figure out what's going on with me because it's just so uncomfortable. And I just need to understand why am I feeling so bad all the time? Why are my glands hurting me? Why do I have no energy? So I decided I, w- I picked up a magazine that I loved reading. I loved, I was interested in healthy living. So I started reading a magazine and I saw an ad for a school to become a nutritionist. And I thought, ah, that's what I'm going to do. Answer. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So I went back to school to get my nutrition degree and I never looked back. I mean, I just remember sitting in school going, I, I was like my eyes, I was like wide eyed and I was so excited to be there. And I thought, okay, I found my calling and I understand yeah. now. And that's just kind of taking me on my journey to, and I, I also love research. Like I, I, in university, I loved marketing research. So I just kind of blended everything that I was super interested in and made it a career. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. So you've just wholeheartedly followed your passion and yeah. Um, yeah and it's, and it kind of takes you on different journeys and you meet different people and pick up different ideas. And, you know, obviously you got into podcasting, you wrote a book, um, you have, you know, lots of resources and you're a speaker. I mean, you're obviously a very accomplished speaker. You do a lot of public speaking on television and what have you. So, I mean, I can really hear that passion in you and it's, uh, yeah, I can feel it through the screen. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, something we just touched on about um, having children later in life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I think it's really similar. I think back now to lots of little messages that I received along the way on my um, pregnancy journey. So I have an 18-year-old and then I have a nine-year-old. And, the, and I've blogged about the gap in between which is for a lot of women, there's, you know, there's the M, the three M's, there's um, uh, menstruation, miscarriage and menopause, right? Kind of three taboo topics. So I talk about the the journey with miscarriage and try to share with other women, like all the different things that happened to me, all the different scenarios, not linked to, <laughs> which is really interesting. But one of the things that did come up for me um, only later in life, uh, when my son was probably about five or six and I started going into obvious perimenopause, was, oh, shit, did I leave having a baby too late for my hormones to really do this properly? And, oh, is that the reason why my obstetrician said, you know, you probably need to have another baby when I was like 37? Uh, and then all those little moments that I sort of reflect back on how a woman's body is probably meant to have children a lot sooner. <laughs> and yet yeah. media, celebrities, fertility clinics, all the things are telling us it's never too late and you can do this, <laughs> you know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, yes. Um, it's very interesting. I, you know, I have two, I have two older children. I have a 19 year old and a 17 year old, a son and a daughter. And I had them very close together. They were 20 months apart. And at the time I remember thinking, I'm never going to have another child because it was really tough when I had them. I was 32 and 35 or 33 and 35. 
And I remember thinking to myself that, you know, wow, this is like, it's so hard just to have these two. I can't imagine. And then when I was turning 40, I said to my husband, I come from a family of three children. I said, you know, I just want to try for another child. Let's see if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, if the universe, you know, if it's meant to be from the universe, it'll be. And I actually miscarried on my 40th birthday. Yeah. And so I, you know, and I want to hear your story as well, but I miscarried. It was, I turned 40. I remember I was, I was going on a trip and I had miscarried and went through, um, went through the, those emotions and went through all, you know, went through that. And then I said to my husband, well, let's just try one more time. You know, let me see. And then it ended up, um, I had Abby and, you know, in terms of having an older, having a child when you're older, I mean, I've had it when I was in my earlier thirties and my mid thirties, and then now in my forties, and I definitely see a difference in terms of how I feel like energy wise, right? Patience wise. So mm-hmm. I think that I, I truly believe that whenever you're ready to have your baby is when you should have your baby. My, my sister had two babies in her forties, like she was 439 and like 42 or like super clear 40 and 42. So she had babies later because she wasn't ready. She was working. She didn't get married till she was older. So I truly, there's no judgment ever anywhere in anything that I always talk about that, that I ever talk about. But it does get harder the older you are. There's no question. And I could see because I, you know, and you too, you did it both ways. So you could see the difference. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was super easy to get pregnant with my first child. She's uh, 18. So it was that uh, at 34. And I'm like, oh, oh, I think that I'm supposed to have a baby by 35. You know, all these preconceived notions that you have around the things that you should be achieving as you get older um and that was easy like first time trying (laughs) so that was my go-to that was my thought process of oh so when i want to have another one i shouldn't have any problem yeah so i had multiple miscarriages in between um like you i was pregnant at 40 i think it was 10 weeks um and that miscarriage was five months so that was really rough because obviously mm-hmm. I'm starting to form an attachment mm-hmm. to this baby and I knew it was a boy and all that sort of stuff. So um, it was it was really, really tough. And the recovery was intense as well um, because my body took a long time for the pregnancy hormones to exit and then trying to come back to a normal period. Very difficult. So to get pregnant, to think that I would want to have another baby was almost off the radar. And it w- it actually just happened almost like an accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say it's, it's yeah, like, a, yeah, meant to be because I, yeah. And, and I had, I was sort of half, half in and half out of the conversation. Like I would absolutely love to have another child. And if it doesn't happen, I have a child, you know, how blessed am I? I already have a, a human being that I've been blessed with to influence and shape and, you know, and, and be a mum too. And so I knew, you know, with other women that, that that's quite, that's challenging, you know, when you, when mm. you're struggling to have one child and here I have, mm. I have one. So yeah, it was just interesting. The, like I, I had soul, his name's soul at 42. And what happened after that, now I reflect is my periods never returned to normal normalcy. Um, they were much uh, they were, uh, spaced, you know, not as, not as long. So 23 days, every 23 days, much longer, much heavier, much more intense pain. And also I had the same as you, the fatigue, the, um, 
the recovery from workouts wasn't really happening. And I actually put that down to being an older mum looking after a toddler, (laughs) you know, not really making the connection to the fact that my hormones had shifted and I was probably premenopausal at that stage. So yeah, yeah, really challenging. Hey. Yeah, it can be. Yes. And I, I, you know, I laugh when I hear doctors refer to it as geriatric pregnancies, right? I laugh. I'm like, we connected on that too. It's like, oh, oh, geriatric pregnancy. That's you. Yeah. You know, I heard actually one of the things that I've heard recently, and I want to look into it more from a research standpoint is that a lot of women have shared with me that when they've had children in their forties, they went into perimenopause pretty soon after. And so I thought that was really interesting because there isn't really research on that. And that's something that I'm going to dig into a little bit more with our community, because it was something that surprised me too. Like I said, I I was completely thrown for a loop, but now what's great. And with these platforms and your platform and my platform on TikTok is that we're able to share the information so that women have more information or individuals have more information so they can say, Oh, wait, maybe that's me too. Because I was in perimenopause for five years before I even knew I was in perimenopause, you know, and I was thinking back on the weekend, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and I went through a very traumatic event in 2017 and 2018. And I remember, cause she's going through perimenopause right now. And she supported me when it was happening. And I said to her, you know, when I think about it, those were my prime perimenopausal years and you know how you feel now. And then I went through this traumatic event and she was like, oh my gosh, like it all makes sense how I handled it at the time, you know, big T, small T, it, the, you know, whatever it is, it was, it was extremely traumatic for a year, but I thought, wow, going through perimenopause and going through it at the same time, it kind of explained a lot of how I felt or what, you know, what I was going through or the reactions that I had, right? Yeah, absolutely. If I wasn't in that stage of life. So I just want women to understand that, you know, there's, there are resources now and you're not alone and we validate and support you. And if you have questions, you can find the answers, at least a lot more of the answers now than you, at least that I was able to find more so than what I was able to find back then. Yeah. Look, you've really touched a nerve with me, actually, when you say how, perimenopause um, dysregulates your ability to manage something that probably would have happened and you could have you know worked your way through it quite easily and yet it became so much bigger and so much harder to get over yeah look I like I had very something very similar I we haven't even discussed what that is but I guess my my response to it and and the the shit that was going up in my head around Mm -hmm. this particular situation when I reflect back on it it wasn't even that big a deal but to me it was so big and so distressing and I had created something in my head that wasn't true and I can honestly say that and I wrote about that in my book like how the hormones can actually cause that level of anxiety rage um yeah yeah, all of that stuff right so and it and how it impacts on your life makes me really empathetic for people that are struggling in relationships yeah um, struggling at work you know to be understood or to be able to to not have the tools to to have someone tap them on the shoulder and say hey look do you need some time do you need a moment you know uh like i know you're in menopause right now so your response was probably not what i expected so do you want to just take a moment like that sort of stuff that's starting to come through in the workplaces now as well I think is hallelujah right we we absolutely (laughs) because we've got incredible 
skilled, experienced woman, like this is taking a complete segue, but it does remind me of, you know, how we react during menopause <laughs> isn't normally how we would have reacted. Um, and then when you reflect back or you go, oh gosh, I really messed that up, you know, and I wouldn't have done that yeah. normally. So yeah. Oh, hey, and since we've been discussing vaginal dryness and all the other issues that can impact women at midlife and menopause down there, I've had so many women thank me for the recommendation of NatFem Super Soothing Balm. I've included my link and discount to this incredible vaginal moisturizer in the show notes. Life lessons, yeah. right? Oh yeah, you know, and dealing with stress, it's, you know, it definitely is, is a harder thing. It's a fact, you know, as yeah. we get into this stage of life and it can be harder for a lot of us or our anxiety is a lot worse or triggered or exacerbated or coming on. There's onset anxiety at this phase of life, right? Yeah. Our gut is changing, you know, with that gut brain connection, right? That our serotonin, you know, like our serotonin is mostly is made in our gut. Like there's just so much going on. Our thyroid is changing. So, you know, Knowing all of this now can make a really big difference so that we can have the language. It's the yeah, words, the it's words, the, like you just said, it's like, okay, look, I am going, if, had I known what I was going through at the time, I could have communicated it properly, but I had, I was literally clueless that I, what I was going through was actually, I was also in perimenopause at the time. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about aging. And I actually love this topic and it's the original reason why I started the podcast. And for some reason I ended up going down the rabbit hole of menopause because I felt like I want to talk about aging, healthy aging and longevity. That was the original start of sexy aging. And then I went, oh, hang on, I've come up against menopause and this is actually going to impact me significantly how I feel about aging in the future. And in actual fact, it does, especially in the health your overall health right so i thought well i better attack that topic too and then it just went <laughs> blew up that so seems like a lot of people want to talk about menopause um but aging is something i'm deeply passionate about and i just would love to hear your perspective on on aging and how you feel in your 40s versus your 50s and what do you see for the future so there's a lot to unpack there and i'm just going to sit back and let you roll <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a very interesting topic because I always say, so I come from a place of menopause, right? Being in perimenopause or menopause. I always say everybody, if they live, if they're blessed to live long enough, will go through menopause. So it's something that we're all going to go through it. And I remember when I was 47. So let me take you back to when I was 47 and I had my first hot flash and I thought, oh my gosh, everything I've been feeling is probably due to menopause, but I don't really understand menopause, but wait, isn't my grandmother in menopause and my mother, I know she's had a hysterectomy. She's in menopause. Isn't menopause for old people? Like, yeah. it was like my brain, I just, from a processing standpoint, I didn't realize that you could start Perry as early as 35, right? I didn't know. I did have, again, I had zero information on it. And I remember thinking at 47, I was three years out of turning 50 and I got anxious. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, are people, you know, I had a, a two businesses at the time. I'm like, I'm like, is anyone going to want to work with me? Am I going to be irrelevant at 50 years old? Are people going like, to, I know you're like me too, me too. Yeah. Well, the fitness industry, right? right. <laughs> it's right. like, right. it's how you look and how you present yourself. And where does a 47 or 50 year old woman fit into that? 
very anxious. Yeah. Keep going. This is like my story. (laughs) I was like, so I was like really anxious. And then for three years leading up to 50, I was really like, I just, I I had to really process turning 50 and I was embarrassed and I never wanted to tell anyone how old I was. And then I remember just before, so my birthday's in January. And I remember over Christmas break, I was cleaning my office and I was listening to podcasts and I was listening to own to Oprah because I love Oprah. I love Oprah. Oprah. (laughs) So yeah. From from the oh for her own podcast yeah and Super Soul Sunday and so I guess they had a it was an episode from Super Soul Sunday and anyway so she had three supermodels in their sixties on and they were talking about aging they were having a very they were having a very honest conversation about aging and they were saying at, that they were having a hard time with it and everyone kind of shared their experience and then Oprah was Oprah was saying you know which the way she looks at age is she looks at it from a place of wisdom so the older that we are the more wisdom we've accumulated, the more experience we have. And I remember thinking, ah, being, now I know why Oprah always says her aha moment. I was like, aha, Mm. now I get it. Because when I was in my third, I started my first company at 29 years old. I had no clue what I was doing. I had no experience. Fast forward 22 years later, I'm pretty experienced as an entrepreneur. I'm learning a lot more. I'm starting a new company now, something I've never done before. We're going to be selling supplements to the U.S. market to start. I'm constantly learning. So I always say like, I'm starting a new business at 52 years old. So she's she's (laughs) completely right. I couldn't have like, and if I, when I, if I did this way back when, it wouldn't be the same, coming in with the same knowledge base that I have now. So I thought, you know what, Oprah, you are absolutely right. And that something just clicked in me. And I, when I turned 50, I was so proud of turning 50. I tell everybody my age, I am not embarrassed about it at all anymore. And you know what? Yes, I'm still relevant. And yes, I'm constantly reinventing myself. And, you know, to me, it is a privilege to get older. And my, my husband's mother she died, unfortunately, in her early 40s. She was yeah. mid 40s. She was 45 years old. She never lived long enough to even go into menopause, right? To even get to this stage. So I just kind of look at it from a different point of view. Now, having said that, is there, are there days when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm getting, you know, like I'm looking <laughs> old or I feel like, sure. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, it's all like, you know, roses and there's no, there isn't a time when I'm like, oh, you know, I, all those creases in my neck, you know, it's definitely showing. Absolutely, I have my days. <laughs> But I'd say for the most part, I really love getting older. I love the wisdom that comes with it. I love how I feel. I love how I'm more empowered. I love how I'm constantly learning. Like I'm constantly doing the spiritual work on myself. I'm constantly processing things. And I'm like I said before, as long as I'm learning, then I'm I'm happy, you know, and then I'm always trying to improve myself and trying to do better and be kinder and just trying to just kind of always trying to just participate in life, I guess is kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Oh, I adore that. And it's uh, so much of it has resonated with me. I think one of the upsides of aging as well is that you just stop judging yourself and others. Like I just become so much more relaxed when people are sharing some of their challenges and stuff and you know that you can probably help them through it but you want them to just offload and ask more questions and judge less and you know try not to fix things so much and yeah I think that's one of the the coolest things about aging is I just become a lot less I just don't think about things like that so much anymore I'm just more way more relaxed around yeah yeah and myself like I think one of the things about putting yourself out there on social platforms people say well I could never do that or I would never want to show my face or well I think when you have a message and you can get over yourself 
right? Um, then, and you can create some level of impact. I think I go into it like if I can help one person, then this is worth it. And yeah. that's helped me to stop the whole judgment thing around my age and how I look on camera or, you know, how I sound on podcasts. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> it's so nice to be sitting in this very comfortable place. And look, that doesn't stop me from being open to criticism or open to feedback. Like, that's another cool thing I've learned yeah. as I'm aging is that all feedback is going to be relevant at some level. Some of it's kind, some of it's not. That's okay. I can deal, you know, I'm bigger than that. But I can go, oh, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I can make a difference if I change this, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I am also loving aging, Andrea. And I planned my 50th from about the age of 47. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to really celebrate. I also, like you, wanted to celebrate it as a milestone of it being a blessing to be alive. You yeah. know, and to represent for other women that if you do take care of your health and you double down on your movement, your nutrition, your your sleep, your um, stress, if you double down on the knowledge and apply it, then yeah, life gets really good, like really good, because you drag all these amazing experiences with you and the deep, deep well of friendships. You know, like it doesn't become a much bigger pool of friends that that pool closes in, but those people that are still with you going through it with you and going through menopause with you and still there yeah. <laughs> um that's a real blessing as well mm. yeah it is and I have a lot less tolerance for bs to be honest and yeah. for toxicity and for like I just have a lot less tolerance for that for sure and kindness is really you know for me like you said like people can give you their feedback and some of it you'll take in some of it you won't but the delivery is important I mean part of my job is not to be judgmental I, I don't I don't judge people for where they're at. Like that's just, it's, it's been, whether it was through naturally savvy, whether it was through Morpheus, I don't judge people for where they're at. And I like that you said, you know, for many of us, as we get older, we become less judgmental. And I think that's an important thing because at the one thing that I'm really trying to work on on myself and I've gotten a lot better is I was very judgmental of myself, not so much of others, but very much of myself. So I'll give you an example on, let's say Instagram, right? Yeah. So for many, many years, I would want to post something in Instagram. I'd be like, oh no, I don't like the way I look or, oh no, it's not perfect. Right. Perfect. Or even doing my yeah. TV segment segments. I'm like, I had, I was nicknamed by one of the producers. I love her. She was like, you're the consummate perfectional because I'm a perfectionist and a professional. And I was like, and I was at the time I was like, yeah, she's right. I'm a total perfectionist, but I am very professional. But then as I started, you know, coming into this phase of life and doing TikTok, I'm realizing less and less, I'm trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to be me. Right. So, you know, now I'll post on TikTok. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, if you see my videos, you know, my videos, Tracy, like I am far from looking perfect in my videos. And in fact, That's I go great. out of my way to make myself look <laughs> very imperfect. Right. So I've really learned a lot and have really come to terms with myself in terms of less judgment for myself. And I'm proud of myself. I'm not a hundred percent there yet. And it's always a work in progress, right? Yeah. Progress, not perfection. If it's, yeah. well, if it's well for what we're talking about, but I'm much less judgmental of myself than I ever have been in my life. So it's kind of moving in that direction of, okay, let's just, you know, the only, because realistically, the only opinion that matters is ours, right? Like, so mm -hmm we have to start with, and obviously the people immediately around you that, you know, you, that you want to make sure that, um, you know, you're kind of all in sync, but I definitely am getting much better at being less judgmental of myself. And I, I, and I, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's such, such an empowering conversation. And I think that's 
the word that I use as well as I move through my 50s and hopefully beyond is the empowerment, like not mm. the not yeah. the shutting down of life, but the but that anything is possible, you know, so it's, it's very cool. So you mentioned that you've started a third company. I think that's really exciting. It also integrates this conversation of you can do anything at any age. So talk to me about, a little bit more about Morphus. I'm curious. Yeah, sure. So when um, I when I turned 47, I said to my business partner, Randy, because we've always started companies that were kind of in sync to where we were in life. So when we started our Healthy Shopper coupon book, it was our first business that we had for 18 years. It was based in Canada only. And it was coupons for natural organic products because we were buying a new house and products, you know, natural organic was a lot more expensive than conventional. So we started a coupon book. Then when we were having babies and getting married, uh, we started Naturally Savvy, which we still have today. It's naturallysavvy.com. So it's a lifestyle um, blog, let's say website that really kind of talks about fertility, having babies kind of like up to like 45, let's say that 25 to 45 age spot, you know, really prime spot. And then when I started getting hot flashes and realizing I'm in perimenopause, we're moving into the next phase of our life. My partner, Randy was also in, per in perimenopause. I'm like, why don't we kind of maneuver and kind of talk about perimenopause and menopause and let's start a new company, which we did. It's called Morphus. We are morphus.com. And the reason we called it Morphus is because metamorphosis, our bodies are changing us as a community. So we are mm. changing together as a community. So it's morph, M-O-R-P-H, yep. us, morphus, morphus. Love that. Um, it's wearemorphus.com is the website. And then we, the reason, so we're an educational site. So we're blending education as well as products. So we're going to be launching our own supplements very soon in 2020, in the early 2023. And it's going to be in the US market to start, as I mentioned earlier. And the reason why I really wanted to go in the direction of supplements was because I managed my menopausal symptoms through diet to nutrition, lifestyle and supplements. And they played such a big role for me in this phase of my life. And I thought, I spent the last three years really digging into the research on ingredients. I am so the way I was, same way I was passionate about ingredients for food when I wrote Unjunk or Junk Food, I wrote three books on the topic of eating, of, of yeah. reading labels and understanding it. And I thought, well, what I'm going to do now is I want to take that passion and bring it to menopause in terms of understanding ingredients and supplements, because there are a lot of things that we can do that can help us feel better. Is it the answer to everything? Absolutely not. However, there are a lot of things that we can do with nutrition. Uh, lifestyle tips like managing our stress and supplements that can help us feel a lot better. So that's yeah. why we decided to start Morphus. Oh, that's amazing. So I love everything you're doing and I'm going to keep following you, Andrea. And um, I obviously am going to put everything in the show notes and hopefully our Thank listeners you. will also tap into what you're doing. I think that the more opportunity to engage with women like us, get our different perspectives um, and see how they feel connected to our messages. I think it's great. We're just, you know, we're just going to keep putting stuff out there and don't stop. I'll see you at 60. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll come back on. We'll have our conversation over the last, you know, decade of what we did in our fifties. I love yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on Tracy. It's yeah. been fun. You're welcome. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks for tuning into this episode and thanks to my guest for the inspo. If you're enjoying this content, then consider following, rating and reviewing so that more people can find the sexy aging life. Peace out.